Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we're going to be learning more about Coast Community Radio, what you're listening to right now. This amazing community radio station has been in operation for... 36 plus years. 36 plus years, yay! And in the studio today, I have Graham Nystrom. Graham is the station manager. Good morning, Graham. Hi, Donna. And um, and before um, I start talking with Graham about the state of the station, um, I want to say that this community radio station is a unicorn. It's a jewel. It's a gem. It offers something for everyone. We have listeners of all ages all over the world. In fact, today we have two new listeners. We have Sylvia Himes and we have Aspen Himes. And they're listening. And they're part-time princesses, part-time superheroes. We have bedtime stories here on Coast Community Radio. We're going to find out about our programming, about our future, about what you can do to be engaged and involved in this amazing station today. And first... Let's start with Graham Nystrom, our station manager, and let's hear a little bit more about you for our listening audience, please. Well, Donna, it's so nice to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me to talk about my favorite thing in the world. Not motorcycles, not guitars, not Dylan Hauser Shock, but Coast Community Radio. <laughs> radio is so important today. I find radio to be essential, and it is not going the way of the dodo. It is... I think, a really important thing in our culture. Well, certainly not our radio station. Um, I think that the argument can be made that commercial radio is not doing as well as it might have once done. But I think community radio that really serves its community with good local news and information uh, will always have a place and will always have support. Absolutely right. All radio stations are not created equal. And Graham, let's hear a little bit about you, please. Well, I am 40 years old. I'm a Virgo. Scorpio Rising and a Sagittarius Moon. And I grew up in the desert of Southern California, and I bounced around a bit in college. Really wanted to be a musician when I grew up, um, and I am a musician, but I'm a station manager first. But uh, I studied music composition for a couple years, and then I decided that I did eventually want to graduate college, so I had to change my major. And I majored in philosophy, which is you know, I, th I think that that's a valid uh, degree if you're interested in becoming a poet and a musician. Um, and a thinker, an original thinker, as someone who really ta has the bigger perspective. I think we need philosophers on in every aspect of our lives today. I couldn't agree more. And, and the one thing that stands out from that material is critical thinking. So not just hmm. philosophers who, who love, you know, wisdom and thought and knowledge, but but people who are able to look deeply at arguments and understand both sides and you know I I was always influenced by my uncle Jim who actually taught at Clatsop Community College for a while he was a, a developmental ed reading and writing mm -hmm. teacher and he really stressed this thing called Bloom's taxonomy which are these sort of it's this hierarchy of, of knowledge and so if you can remember something that doesn't necessarily mean that you understand it and so so, you know, knowledge is sort of the first step where, yes, I know this fact, but I, I can't necessarily um, tell you why it is true. Um, and so, you know, being able to remember something is just the first step. And then there's comprehension and analysis and synthesis and all these other, you know, I'd have to consult Con the oracle to, to remember yes. all of them. But, 
but critical thinking was was something that was really stressed uh, because the stuff on the internet, um, the stuff in magazines, you know, sp- sponsored articles. You know, it's it's harder and harder to tell what's an advertisement and what is uh, actual content or truth. Um, and so, and and the thing that struck me too in studying philosophy was that why didn't I get this as a kid? You know, why wasn't I introduced to some of this stuff? even in elementary school, much less middle school and high school. Um, and and so it, it was just something that I really enjoyed wrapping my brain around, as it were. Um, and then the thing about philosophy, though, is that you can't only use your brain. You've got to use your heart, too. And I always... I love the the show Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, because and I and I think that your show is is kind of like this too, where it's very much about matters of the heart, and sometimes those are those are much more true than matters of the brain and and what is the the sort of stronger leading force in your in your life. You know, you hear the you hear follow your heart, you know, and stuff. But what does that mean? Um, but but there actually is uh, information in there and cognition in your heart. I I believe that. Um, yes, so. and I think research is showing more that, you know, we are, it's all one thing, mm-hmm. body, yeah. mind, and spirit, yeah. and um, and we have a body wisdom that often we ignore. We're caught, we're caught up in our heads. And so philosophy then somehow led you to... <laughs> yeah, the, and so then I embarked on my, my, uh, my musical career. I was in bands, and I, I actually got a lot of gigs doing live sound in venues <clears throat> when I was living in Portland, and that was... A decent stable income. I worked at Mount Hood Community College for a while uh, as a learning sp- skills specialist, and that was where I worked um, in the same department as my uncle and got all that Bloom's taxonomy stuff and critical thinking, and and just saw what that meant to some of those students who you know were were trying to enter college and couldn't read or write yet. You know that developmental ed is that pre-college level where we have to get you up to this certain level before you can start taking college classes and. Hmm. And so the, you know, the strength that those people had to, to go to school and to, to, you know, take charge of their lives, essentially, you know, they'd made it through high school somehow without learning those kind of most basic skills. Um, And so it was really inspiring work. I I have a lot of respect for my uncle for being so passionate about that field and that group of people who, uh, you know, can really turn their lives around and and do good things uh, with their own sort of internal motivations. And, And it's never too late to to learn a new skill or to to make your life better. Um, so anyways, back to the story. Uh, doing doing sound, uh, became a recording engineer. I've always loved recording. I've always loved all things gear-related as, it, as it, it relates to music. And so I've always had studios and home studios and worked in professional studios and, you know, love, love doing what Dylan's doing for us today. Fingers on the faders, pushing the buttons, turning the dials. It's like flying a spaceship, you know? But I, I didn't think I was going to be able to get my astronaut's license. So, musical gear is a little, little less uh, risky. <laughs> uh, and so, that, you know, I, I worked in that field for a long time. Um, but I had some, some back issues, and there's kind of a lot of physical labor involved with doing live sound. And so I was worried about what I was going to do for the rest of my life. You know, I was in my mid-30s or something. And, and that was when I first got my first job in radio. Um, so I was an audio engineer at... Oregon Public Broadcasting, and I would do sound for Think Out Loud, and I would record the um, city club meetings and some of the 
OPB music and stuff, and it's, it's a great facility, really great station. I have a lot of respect for everybody at OPB, um, and I learned a lot there. I think that I wouldn't be able to do what I do here if I hadn't sort of had that um, glimpse of all things radio uh, at Oregon Public Broadcasting, so I'm thankful for that experience, um, but I really do love community radio. Uh, it, it's got a, it, it sits on a higher level for me than public radio. Uh, the main difference being that community radio is volunteer-operated, Public radio is, is 100% staff, and and it's very professional. It's very slick, and they, they make great programs at OPB, um, but we make great ones here, too, and there's just so much more heart mm-hmm. here as opposed to being a little bit more cerebral at OPB, and so I, I feel like I fit in better in this environment. Um, there's just so many amazing things about the station, including the house that it's in, the Tillicum House, which was donated to the station uh, in 1986 by Helen Patty um, with help from her family's estate and talk about the gift that keeps on giving I mean so many wonderful things happen in this house you know your show included talk of our towns what a great show Don I'm so appreciative of what you do I every every time I hear your show I'm just wow oh, it's, it's, it's my... amazing that we have Donna on our team oh my goodness no it's an honor to be part of this and what I love about this uh, this radio station also is again the human factor the wabi-sabi which is you know the Japanese term perfectly imperfect or imperfectly perfect which is that you know we make mistakes we're human mm-hmm. and we just continue on and and there's a lot of um, um, compassion and joy and fun and forgiveness and that happens um, when you create community and this station not only creates community it, it it reflects it. It brings people together in so many different ways. And you have now been the station manager for almost two years, correct? Going on two years in November, yes. And so we have this history of eclectic programming, of a lot of volunteers. That makes the difference. And how is the station doing right this minute? I'm happy to report that the station is doing great. And what is Coast Community Radio? Well, it's a... That's, a, that's not an easy question to answer. Um, when I, coming from the OPB facility, which has like a television studio and all these different studios and this huge staff and it's all card key entrance and it's very, you know, it's, and then you come here and it's this mm. 1890s Victorian house with a few people making this whole thing work. And it's like, wow, this is a completely different deal on a completely different scale. But then you dig a little deeper and you realize how big of an operation this radio station really is. It's deceiving. Because it's not just the Tillicum House where, you know, you're talking to a mic and all of a sudden it's on everybody's radio. You know, we've got a transmitter site up on Megler Mountain and we have tenants on our tower and there's a lot of maintenance and upkeep to do up there. And we've got translators down the coast. There's one that hits the back slope of South Astoria. And so if you don't get good reception and you're in South Astoria, you can listen to 91.3. We've got a translator in Cannon Beach because there's all these geographical features on the coast that make the FM reception spotty. And so that's what a translator does. So we've got three translators, South Astoria, Cannon Beach, and Wheeler. And then when you get down to Tillamook, we have a whole other actual transmitter. Uh, And so KTCB Tillamook has its own call letters and isn't considered a translator because that is its own radio station. It's its Mm. own license. And so currently Mm. we... We play the same exact content on KCPB as we do on KMUN, but we have that ability to do Tillamook content on our Tillamook station if we had that capacity. And I think that that was always sort of the long-term plan and hopes, and I'm I'm keeping those hopes alive and trying to create um, partnerships with folks in, in that area, the Bay City Arts Center. 
uh, has been great and we've got a sort of medium term plan to help them get some equipment and a little training and then in return they can offer us possibly some content that comes from the Tillamook area, mm-hmm. Bay City area. Uh, and so KTCB is its own license and then there's also KCPB which is a it's a smaller uh, it's a smaller transmitter it's a lower wattage station and it serves mostly sort of the immediate Astoria area but that's just classical music and news and when that license became available the station manager at the time thought wow this would be this would be a, a way to serve our listeners who want more classical music better is if we buy this license and we we own KCPB and we start we start a classical music and news station and so that was you know a lot of work goes into every single one of these little pieces and so i inherited this big chessboard of KMUN and you know it's not just KMUN it's Coast Community Radio KTCB and KCPB um and, and like I said, you know, you, you scratch under the surface and you find all of this infrastructure that's been built up over the last 36 years by all these different station managers and these boards of directors and, and all of the volunteers who, who made it actually go. And so it's, a, it's an extraordinary thing. Indeed it is. And uh, there are opportunities for you to be involved. And we're going to talk about that in the second half of the program. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. And today I'm talking with Graham Nystrom. Graham is the station manager of Coast Community Radio, which is essentially three stations, KMUN 91.9, KTCB 89.5, and KCPB 90.9. One of the things I hear is how eclectic the programming is, how even when I'm away, I turn on Coast Community Radio because I want to hear the people I know talking about what's happening in this part of the world. And a lot of our programs are relevant to people living anywhere in the world, actually. It's not just specific to our community, although we have many of those. So right now, you are working on fiscal stability for us for the future. So what are these, what's happening in that vein? Well, um, are we talking about our eclectic programming or are we talking about fiscal stability? What do you want me to hit on first? Well, (laughs) people know about the eclectic programming. If they're listening to the station, they know there's something here for everyone. So let's talk about the fiscal stability. Okay. Well, before we do, I will say then a shout out to Elizabeth Manitre, our program director, who's been with the station for, I think, 23 years now. And so the the collective voice of uh, eclecticity is largely in part to her sort of guiding hand. You know, we're, we're an NPR affiliate. Uh, not a lot of community radio stations are. It's expensive. Um, and, you know, the local public affairs, all of the different music shows, all of the sort of specialty shows, you know, that's... And so just a shout out to Elizabeth as program director for, for cultivating what you hear on the radio. Um, back to fiscal stability, when I started at the station around, I think it was April of 2016, I started as the operations manager, which is the person involved with all the technical stuff and downloading all of the automated programs and all the training that's involved for people that want to pre- pre-produce shows and things like that. And, and you know, I, I heard about all of the good work that Joanne and Julia did together as manager and treasurer to sort of get our finances and our bookkeeping um, a little more clear and a, and a little bit better than it had been in the past. I think there was a, maybe a, a period 
where things weren't quite as uh, well, <laughs> clean, now clean we're as they could have been. Yes, and so now we're much more and organized. So, so, yeah, so, you know, I, in, I inherited a, a big boost in, in that uh, from Joanne and Julia. I'm grateful for that. And then I've sort of picked up the reins and tried to take it even one step further. And so, you know, I'm very meticulous about the annual budget. Um, we've got a great board treasurer right now, John Stevenson, who has a lot of expertise in those types of areas. So I'm grateful to him. Our bookkeeper has been awesome. Um, I learn things from our auditor every year. Every year we get an audit. Uh, and that's a requirement to get our Corporation for Public Broadcasting grant, which amounts to about a quarter of our budget. And so that's a, a big deal for us. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that the budget is is sort of item number one around which that fiscal stability that we're striving for gets built. Um, and it's tricky because it's pretty easy to know how much we're going to spend but it's not easy to know how much we're going to earn in a year. Because you rely on grants. You rely on donations. <clears throat> grants and donations, yeah. And so we can take a best guess as to how we're going to do during our spring and fall membership drives. Uh, we can take a best guess for how well we're going to do with foundation grants and things. But none of that is rock-solid, stable funding. And so it's a little bit like a roll of the dice where you try to be optimistic, <laughs> but you also try to be realistic. And one of the things I think that's interesting is that you mentioned before we went on the air, which I want to um, allow this opportunity now for our listeners, is that it helps when we hear from listeners about how important the station is to them and why they find value. So whether it's an email or a letter or a phone call, that helps with us getting grants, actually. So if you love uh, Coast Community Radio, you can write an email. You can write a letter. That helps us um, to uh, to show that we are valuable and worthy of receiving grant monies. It absolutely does. And so, you know, that budget that I mentioned is our operating budget, and that's what it takes to pay staff, to pay our utilities, our programming fees, you know, everything with the day-to-day -day operations of the station. But I also decided last October to begin a campaign to overhaul all of our broadcast equipment and that's, you know, that's a lot of dough involved in that. And it's not in our operating budget. It's something else entirely. And so it's what I consider a capital campaign. And I, I called it Radio for Good because we want to be around forever. And we also do good in the community. And so that's going really well. We're about halfway year, through the first of three years of this of this program where we're I'm, I'm raising $100,000 a year. Uh, for three years to replace every single piece of equipment. And, and we've already got a great start. We we made our goals for fundraising from the local community and from small foundations for this year. And so I'm working really hard to finish my application for our, our final big grant, which is going to be for $50,000 for three years. And that's with the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust. And so I am absolutely trying to write the best grant application that I can because that's kind of the linchpin of this whole project. And one of the things that they ask for is, how can you demonstrate that the community that you serve benefits from your services? And so those letters and phone calls and emails are so important to us because I can put those in a supporting document. And if we have 10 or 20 or 30, you know, even one sentence about what Coast Community Radio means to you, that is so helpful to us. And so I, I am asking you, who is listening right now, to, to send us an email 
The best email to use is feedback at coastradio.org. And that goes to all staff. We all see it. And you can also send us a letter, P.O. Box 269, Astoria, Oregon, 97103. And you can give us a call, 503-325-0010, and just let us know what you think. And uh, and that goes both ways, too. We love it when you tell us what you love about the station, but we also really appreciate it when there's ways that you think we can do better or ways that you think that, you know, maybe served the community at one point but now could be different, you know. So we, we really want to hear how we can best serve you at all times. And... And so, you know, that feedback is is really important. But then beyond that, this is a volunteer-operated station. And so if you want to have a say in the programming, then you can fill out an application and take the radio class, and you can be the programming. That's right. So there are opportunities for volunteers here. There, You can work at the front desk. You can volunteer at the front desk. Um, you can um, do a program. Um, there are a lot of ways that people can be engaged, and one of the ways is to call in to some of our brand new call-in programs, right? That's right. I'm especially proud of the technical advances we've made in our ability to now put phone calls on the air. Um, and so we've started a show called The Conversation with John Orr on Fridays, and We've actually added some new hosts to that show. So John Stevenson is going to become sort of a regular rotating host. And then Dr. Kim, who I think we're all really excited about, is going to do a show once a month. She did her first show recently, and it was really great, really well received. It's about parenting of teens. Uh, she's a, I don't know exactly what her um, doctorate is in, but, you know, she's like a psychologist psychologist, well, she, psychiatrist, yes. uh, counselor. And, and we need to have um, support systems in place because we're living in silos. And you can go on the Internet and get very, very confused. <laughs> but we would, so, so when you're having um, an opportunity for people to call in, and, I mean, I heard a program where someone said, oh, you know, if you check this out, and I learned something, and that's great. So um, call in to our call-in programs. Yeah, and I think that the show is still sort of getting its legs. This is a brand new thing for us. Um, It's not something that we have a lot of existing infrastructure around. And so we're sort of finding our way in the dark about how to best do this show. And so that's one thing where, you know, it'll be great to hear from you about what do you like about it? What would you like to have? What kind of topics would you like us to discuss? Because ultimately, this is about the community having a conversation with itself. And that was a quote of Doug Sweets that I like to refer to a lot, is that that's why the station was created, was so that the community could talk to itself. And I love that we have this brand new feedback at coastradio.org. That's a great way for people to, again, send the letters of, of um, support and telling us what they like and also giving us ideas for other things. Um, what other things do you want the listening audience to know? We have some events coming up. We do. Yeah, we've got a really exciting event one week from Friday. So mark your calendars for July 19 from 2 to 8 p.m. In downtown Astoria, we are presenting a block party. Um, So Ferry Street Friday has been sort of this ongoing thing on 14th Street, which is where the ferry used to dock. Uh, And so that's hence the nickname Ferry Street, F-E-R-R-Y, in case that was confusing. Uh, but it's a block party where we are actually closing down 14th Street between Marine and Commercial. And there's going to be a band. Uh, there's going to be several bands, a couple of DJs, 
Uh, there's going to be some beer, like a beer and wine garden. There's going to be family activities, games, uh, and there will be lots of vendor booths from some of those these local businesses, which are part of this community and part of this community radio station. You know, individuals support the station, but so do businesses. And we've got a long list of business members that we're incredibly grateful to. Um, and so, and one of the special things about a story is that it's not chain store after chain store after chain store. And so these are mom and pop businesses that are supporting the station. And these are mom and pop businesses that are going to be at Ferry Street Friday. And so it's, it's just, it's going to be a great event. That's and it's open to say. everyone. And you know what? Next, it's free. Yeah. Or next, sorry, we're not supposed to say. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, sorry, Dylan. Wabi Sabi. Uh, next week on Friday the 19th is Ferry Street Friday. And also next week on my radio program on Talk of Our Towns, I'm going to be having John England and Kurt England talking about England Marine's 75th anniversary, and they're having uh, a community celebration throughout the day. Cool. Um, I don't remember the exact times, but anyway, we'll talk more about that. But this, uh, the character of this community is, again, reflected here at Coast Community Radio. And so pe- there's opportunity, there are opportunities for people to participate. And if people want to go to board meetings, when are those happening? So board meetings are every fourth Wednesday here at the station, uh, and they're at 5.30 p.m. They usually last about an hour and a half. And it's a it's a great way to just sort of get a peek at what goes on at the board level. Um, guests are welcome. Public is welcome. You know, we we do quarterly financial reports, and so this next board meeting, I'll be I'll be presenting our third quarter financial reports. Um, so if that's something that interests you, come on down. And uh, if you if you have something that you would like to tell the board, you can you can speak to the board as a guest at the top of the board meeting for three minutes, and you know you can be heard. Um, so that's the board of directors, which is responsible for governance and policy and fiscal oversight. Um, but but that's not the only board we have. We also have a community advisory board. And so this, uh, in the past, has been called our programming committee. It's been called our guidelines committee. And most recently, it's been dubbed the community advisory board. And so this board is not about governance, fiscal oversight. This is about programming. And so... The station has a mission statement, and the cab is there to sort of look at incoming proposals for shows and say, yeah, that looks great. Thumbs up. Take the class. You're good to go. You know, and then Elizabeth teaches you how to operate the, the equipment and how to cultivate your on-air voice um, and, and do a radio show. And then not only that, but as, as shows develop and go on, the cab sort of continues to look at our programming schedule and just make sure that it's serving the community in the best way possible. And so the community advisory board is made up of volunteers who can represent all of the different demographics that we serve. And so when you serve on our community advisory board, we're not looking for your personal opinion, but we're hoping that you can represent the opinions of the people uh, who who you sort of fit into that demographic of, and so you know I, I like to refer to Nate Sandal, who's the education director at the at the Maritime Museum. He's one of our community advisory board members, and so he works with young people so much, and he works in the maritime industry, and and so he can sort of speak for a lot of people. Um, and maybe we don't have any elementary school kids on the community advisory board, but we have someone who works with elementary school age kids. And so that's what's really important to being on the community advisory board is being able to represent a demographic. Yes, because uh, we have diverse groups of people who live here, and we want to yes. uh, honor that diversity. And and one of the things that 
Coast Community Radio does is it creates partnerships, whether mm-hmm. it's with the Astorian or, uh, I mean, throughout the entire North Coast. Um, and we just have a few minutes left, Graham. So any other things that you'd like the listening audience to know? Well, let's see. Um, I did mention that we're in year one of Radio for Good, and so that folds over on Giving Tuesday, and so that launches year two. And so I promised um, just like one short month after we began it that you wouldn't hear me asking for any Radio for Good money for another year, and so I, I do want to let you know that that's coming up in, <laughs> in uh, early December, actually. Um, but we've got our spring membership drive in September, which, which is, you know, that funding goes towards that operating budget. Uh, as opposed to this big equipment overhaul plan. Um, we're, the board is doing a really great fundraiser where it's... Uh, oh, we're getting close to the end of the show. Um, the board is doing a farm-to-table dinner, um, which is an, uh, it's an opportunity to cultivate major donors um, because you know we accept gifts of all sizes. Um, every, every gift counts. Um, and so thanks to Barbara Hansel for organizing and supporting our farm-to-table dinners. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's going to Oregon Country Fair. I think some people are in the car right now listening. Um, <laughs> Victoria Stopiello, one of our board members, is is a Country Fair. Carol Carol Newman goes every year. Um, lots of people. Issa, Jessamine, of course. Um, well, so. be part of the Coast Community Radio family. Find a way to be engaged. Send an email and let us know what you love about the station. That'll help with grants. Um, and if you want to do some volunteer work, let us know. We'd love to have you be part of the Coast Community Radio family. Yeah, the, the front desk is a great way to get your feet wet. Um, you can learn how to do a station ID um, in that sort of 3, 4, 5 o'clock hour. Uh, you can help us digitize our CD library. Lots of stuff to do. Um, but if you're interested in programming, I really encourage you to, to look into that as well because I do believe that there are some open spots where, where we could use some, some new talent to new come in and, All right. and, and bring their inspiration and their love of whatever it is that they love to, to the community. So Good. For growing and evolving. Yeah. And thank you so much, Graham, thank for your you, leadership and oh. for being here this morning. Really appreciate yeah. it. My pleasure. And another lovely um, thing that happens here is that we have all these, we have terrific young people like Dylan Hausershalk, who is sitting here right now at the board. And thank you so much, Dylan. Um, you make a big difference here, and we're really glad to have you. Um, I also want to express my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Brun for his original theme music for Talk of Our Towns. And until next week, find a moment for yourself today. In fact, right now, take a deep breath. It's so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There'll always be those things that aren't going well. However, Focus with gratitude on the things that are, and then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for doing the best you can and for being uniquely you and for being here now in this moment, the only moment which exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth. <laughs>